to eleven. Nehemiah's prayer. Nehemiah chapter one. The words of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah, in the month of Kislev, in the twentieth year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hanani, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that survived exile, and also about Jerusalem. They said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burnt with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And then I said, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and obey his commands. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer. Your servant is, servant is praying before you day and night for your servants and people of Israel. I confess the sins of Israelites, including myself and my father's house, have committed against you. We have acted very wickedly toward you. We have not obeyed the commands, decrees, and laws you, have, you gave your servant Moses. Remember the instruction you gave your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands, then even if you exiled people or at the farthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. They are your servants, your people, whom you redeemed by your great strength and your mighty hand. O oh Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. I was a cupbearer to the king. I'm going to invite uh, Brother Prince to come and share God's word. After that, Pastor will come and close the meeting with prayer and benediction. Thank you. It was March last year, I was in this auditorium last year. After that, it's more than 19 months I didn't come here. Um, in between, there was a few, few weeks we didn't come. We were attending online. In fact, that day, March 21st, I preached, but there were only two people. And that two people also, they were walking and talking. <laughs> but that was a Saturday. Because, you know, all in a sudden, the government announced the first lockdown on the 22nd of March, which was Sunday. So we didn't have service. So 21st, we recorded and uploaded on YouTube. So more than 19 months have gone. First wave came and gone. Second wave came and gone. 
but God has been faithful. God has been good to us. So praise God. He has given us life. He has given us health. Number of the people who were our dear ones are not here, gone, but God has been so faithful. So praise be to God, not because we are careful, but because God is careful about us. So praise be to his name. Let's pray as we are listening to God's word. Father, we pray that you would speak to us through your Holy Spirit, through your word. We may apply your word with your help so that your word would be a blessing and help to all of us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, this morning we are going to see, can prayer change crisis situation? When we go through crisis situation, can prayer change that? That's what all about in the, in the book of Nehemiah. Not only in the first chapter, definitely in the first chapter, also that builds up the remaining chapters. This is a basic question in Nehemiah book. Um, now let's see what caused Nehemiah to pray. We just heard it was read to us. He prayed. What was the cause, reason for Nehemiah to pray? Verses 1 to 3, kindly keep your Bibles open so that it will be helpful to you. In verse 1, Nehemiah says, it says the words of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah. In the month of Kislev, in the 20th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa. Nehemiah was in the citadel of Susa. Um, he was working for the king. Susa was usually called the citadel of Susa. Um, Susa was the capital city of the entire Persian Empire. The royal palace war, was in Susa. Susa to Jerusalem is 1,365 kilometers. Those days, it took three months to travel. Now, of course, in about 23 hours, we can travel from Susa to Jerusalem. Nehemiah's parents, they were in exile. They were captives. They were taken from their country in Israel, and they were in exile. In fact, Nehemiah was born in exile. He was not born in Israel. He never has gone to see Israel or Judah or Jerusalem. He was born in exile. He was born in Babylon and he was raised up there. Um, but he was a clever person, very talented. And that's why he could become the cup bearer to the king. Even though he was not a citizen of that city, he was a captive, but he could become uh, cup bearer, that too for the king, very important position. The king could trust him. Now in verse 2 we see Hanani, one of Nehemiah's brothers, came from Judah with some other men. And now Nehemiah questioned them 
What did he ask? He asked them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile. He asked about them, how the Jewish remnants were there. And also he asked about Jerusalem, about the place Jerusalem. Nehemiah asked about God's people who were left behind and they were not taken to, you know, Babylon or Persia as captives. And he was asking, how are they, those people whom he had never seen, only he has heard about them. He knew they are God's people, he belongs to them. And he also asked about Jerusalem, the place God had chosen as a dwelling for his name. So he was concerned about God's people and also about the place God had chosen for his namesake. Nehemiah was very well off in a foreign country and he was protected, he had a good job and everything was good for him but he was concerned about God's people and the place God had chosen. We see in verse 3, Hanani and the others who came and they said, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. When Nehemiah heard this, the condition of God's people, the remnant left there, and also the condition of Jerusalem, that was the cause or concern for his prayer. There was no protection for God's people. They were, they were living in disgrace among the other people. There was trouble and disgrace. They were living in a hopeless condition. This was the cause for Nehemiah's prayer. This was the cause for Nehemiah's prayer. What he heard about God's people and what he heard about Jerusalem, that was the concern for Nehemiah to pray. Now what should cause us to pray? What should be our concern? I'm including myself because I'm not many a times have the concern. When we hear God's people are persecuted and are in disgrace, that should cause us to pray. That should be our concern. Whenever we hear, wherever in India or abroad, that should be our concern. When God's people are persecuted, are we concerned or we don't? When we hear there is no protection for God's people and they are in danger in different places, in, even in our own countries, Many times we are not concerned, I'm not concerned. The spiritual condition of the church, when it is declining, it should be cause for us to pray. It should be our concern. The spiritual condition of the church is declining. This should be the cause for our prayer. This should be the concern for our prayer. Because the spiritual condition of the church should not decline, it should grow, increase. The church should be effective for the Lord because God has chosen. If 
worship as a church, if as believe as individuals, we are not a witness for the Lord through our lives, through sharing the gospel. That should be our great concern for prayer. Because we are chosen to be witnesses for the Lord. God has chosen, you are my witnesses, saith the Lord. If we are not a witness, I'm including myself, through our lives by sharing the gospel. That should be our great concern. Have you shared the gospel to someone in some means, some ways in the past days? If not, that should be the great concern for us because we have failed. Because God has chosen, Jesus has chosen us to be his witnesses. When we have failed, that should be our concern. That should be our great concern. If our children are not walking in the, with the Lord, that should be our great concern. That should be our prayer, main prayer, for them to follow the Lord. If there are problems in the marriage, that should be our great concern. To pray, to plead to the Lord, so that God would solve the problems. That should be our great concern. When we have unsaved family members, that should be the concern for us to pray for their salvation. And there are many similar things should be our concern, my concern and your concern for prayer. For a number of years, sorry. The timer is ringing, <laughs> maybe I drop, sorry for that. Number of years, we have been praying earnestly <clears throat> for our children's spiritual needs. And that was our great concern. Not about their well-being, their well-off, that's not main concern, but their spiritual needs. And our unsaved family members' salvation. That has been our concern, great concern. We have been constantly praying. This should be our main concern. Now let's see how Nehemiah prayed. How did he pray? We see verses 4 to 11. Nehemiah prayed with humility. He prayed with humility. We see in verse 4, when I heard these things, I sat down. You know, he was a great officer in the king's palace. Now he sat down on the floor and wept. Some days he mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. We have to humble ourselves. When we face crises in our lives, families, we need to humble ourselves. We need to humble ourselves. He was a cup bearer, as verse 11, letter part we see, cup bearer to the king, but he humbled himself. He sat down, moaned, wept, humbled himself before God. When we face problems, crises in our lives, we need to humble ourselves. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5, familiar verse, it says, God gives grace to the humble. God gives grace to the humble. 
as I said, we have been going through a few years, unexpected problems in our family. Many a times we had to humble ourselves before God. Many, many a times we had to humble ourselves before God. We should pray with humility so that God can hear our prayers. Nehemiah, not only he humbled himself, he focused on God first. Very interesting. He was not focusing on the problem in Judah or Jerusalem, but he was focusing on God first. We see in verse 5, Then I said, Lord, the God of heaven, great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. So he is looking at God and telling him, you are the God of heaven, great and awesome God. You keep your covenant. So he looked at God, not at the problem first. He focused on God first. It is natural for all of us when we go through crisis, problems, to look at the problem. Because they are real. We face them. We can't avoid them. It's easy, not only easy, natural to see the problems. Think about that. All the time they come before us. When we keep looking at the problem, the problems become bigger and bigger. God becomes smaller and smaller. But when we look at God, God becomes big and problems become small. So we need to focus on God first. We see a similar example, we see in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 2. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. A vast army is coming against you. When Jehoshaphat heard about that, what did he do first? In verse 6, the same chapter, he prayed, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. He looked at God first, God's power and might. He looked at that. That encouraged him. That encourages us when we look at God and his might and his power. That's what Nehemiah did. Instead of, you know, thinking and pondering about this crisis he was facing, he looked at God first. It's not easy. It will not come naturally. We need to take effort to look at God first and his greatness so that we would be encouraged to face the crisis or the problem. Then Nehemiah confesses his sins. He confesses his sins. He confesses his sins with true repentance, with true repentance, so that the hindrance should be removed for God to hear our prayers. In verse 6, the latter part we see, I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's family, have committed against you. Even though he was not directly involved, but he includes himself, he says, we have committed. Myself, my father's family, Israelites, we have committed. 
verse 7 we have acted very wickedly toward you we have not obeyed the commands decrees and laws you gave your servant moses so he says god i we have done it wrong we have done wrong we have disobeyed you we have acted wickedly he confessed his sins to repentance it is very very important the sin can be the obstacle for god to hear our prayers the sin should be removed confessed and forgiven in verse 8 he is telling to god remember the instruction you gave your servant moses saying if you are unfaithful i will scatter you among the nations here he is quoting the consequences of being unfaithful to god he knew that one what god has given already through moses so he is saying lord remove these hindrances forgive us cleanse us we have been unfaithful to you we have dealt with you very wickedly forgive us remove the hindrances the hindrances should be removed for god to hear our prayers in isaiah chapter 59 verse 2 says god says your iniquities have separated you from your god your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear your sins only iniquities so they have to be removed from our lives the hindrances have to be removed nehemiah confessed his sins to god i'm sure when we go through when we face problems crises in our lives we search our hearts if there is anything something we have done against god because of that this thing has happened i'm sure we all do that one we have done several times when we face crisis situation in our family we confess our sins several times particularly the sin of pride several times god dealt with us still now we have to be very watchful careful we confessed so we need to confess not just general specifically as nehemiah said we have wickedly we have dealt with you i confess your sins we have been unfaithful whatever the area whatever the thing we have done we should confess so that god will remove the hindrance so that god could hear our prayers and also nehemiah prayed quoting god's promise quoting god's promise what god has already promised which is very helpful very useful verse 9 we see what god has promised to the israelites god's people he has promised if you return to me and obey my commands then even if your exiled people are at the farthest horizon i will gather them from there and bring them to the place i have chosen as a dwelling for my name jerusalem even if they are scattered far away places horizon where the earth surface and sky it seems to be meeting that far if if they are scattered even from there i will bring them back i will build them up you know god's promise he quoted god's promise and he prayed to god it's very important for all of us the promises are given to us we should know them it's good to note them 
we have noted, we both of us, two, more than 200 promises in the section, in the mobile notes section. And every week, few promises we quote and we pray. Whenever we discourage these promises, they encourage us. So God's promises, very helpful for us when we are discreet, depressed, when you are about to give up, God's promise comes us, encourages us to go forward. Don't give up. Your work will be rewarded. Don't give up. So many beautiful promises God has given for you and me. Nehemiah used God's promise. We have to use God's promise that are for us given. God is faithful to fulfill his promise. Then Nehemiah remembered the miracles God had done in the past for his people, God's people, for the Israelites. Again, this is very important, remembering what God has done in our lives in the past, the wonders, the miracles he has done, so many he has done. So many miracles and wonders God has done to all of us, his children. To remember them it will, would encourage our faith. They would encourage our faith. In verse 10, he says, they are Israelites, they are your servants and your people, whom you redeemed by your great strength and mighty hand. According to a particular commentary, this redemption is God's people were delivered from Egypt, from the slavery. God did with mighty hand, with great miracles, he brought them out from slavery. So now he is remembering this, what God has done to his people in the past. He did not know personally what God was doing to the Israelites in Egypt. But these miracles, what God did, they were passed on. They were told to Nehemiah, maybe by his parents or forefathers and others. So he could remember that, he could quote that. In Psalm 78 verse 4, we see, We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders he has done. We will pass it on, tell the next generation, so that they will have faith in the Lord. That will help us also. Remembering the miracles God has done to all of us, so many, some may be small, some may be very big, that would encourage our faith. Amiel prayed, now in verse 11, for a specific need. His prayer was very specific, not general, very specific. In verse 11, we see the latter part, give your servant success today, by granting him favor in the presence of this man. He's talking about the king. He's asking God, God, give, I am your servant. Give me success today by granting favor in the presence of this man, this king. He prayed specific need because he was planning to go and talk to the king 
about the condition of God's people in Judah and the condition of Jerusalem. Now God has to give favor to him through the king. It cannot happen automatically. So God has to work in the heart of the king so the king would be favorable to Nehemiah to help him. Nehemiah, that's why he prayed specifically. There's a beautiful verse in Proverbs 21, verse 1. It says, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, God turns it. God turns the king's heart wherever he wishes. God can change the hearts of the kings or even prime ministers, presidents, because their hearts are in God's hand. He turns them like a reverse of water. He turns it wherever he wants, wherever God wants. That's why he asked God, Lord, give me favor in the eyes of this man, the great king. He prayed for specific needs. In the coming weeks, we will see how God answered Nehemiah's prayer and changed the crisis situation in Judah and in Jerusalem. The question we started with and the same question, can prayer change our crisis situation also? Those who know the book of Nehemiah, we know the prayer changed prayer of Nehemiah changed the crisis situation. Can prayer change our crisis situation also? We need to pray with humility, focus on God and his power. We, the hindrances in our lives should be removed. Hold on to God's promises and remembering the wonders, miracles God has done and we need to pray specifically. Shall we pray? If you are going through crisis situation or problems or hopeless situations, there is always hope in the Lord, not in us, not in people, but in God. That's why Nehemiah prayed. <clears throat> the first thing he did, he humbled and he prayed. Whatever crisis situation you are going through, Let's bring it to the Lord. Let's ask God. Our God is awesome God. Our God is almighty God. Our God is prayer hearing, prayer answering God. Nothing is impossible with him. All things are possible. Whatever crisis situation, disappointment, discouragement, problems you are going through, you can right now bring it to the Lord. God will help you. God will help you. Right now, let's apply what we heard so that this will be useful to us, useful to our lives. God would answer our prayers. God would change, <clears throat> make it beautiful, whatever the bad situation we are going through. He would change it, just like he did to Dehavia. Let's bring to the Lord, trust in him, wait upon him. If you are going through a crisis situation, 
would like to pray for you. I would like to pray for you also. I am, we are going through a crisis situation. We will ask you a prayers. After that, Pastor, we would pray for you. Just put up your hand and put down. If you are going through a crisis situation, just raise and put down. We can put down, put down immediately. Anybody else? Just now, let's be sincere before God. If you are going through a crisis situation, let's not for me, just raise your hand and put down immediately so that you are acknowledging you are going through a crisis situation and you have come to the Almighty God to whom Nehemiah came and he will be able to answer. Maybe you are watching through the Zoom. You can do the same thing. Father God, what an awesome God you are. What a gracious God. What an almighty God. You alone can solve our problems. You alone change our tears into rejoicing. Lord, only you are our hope because we can trust in you. You are almighty God. You have done in the past. You are able to do. We praise you and thank you. Worship you, Lord. Adore you. We commit all the ones who acknowledge they are going through some kind of crisis situation. You know that. And also trouble, problem, whatever it may be, Lord, we pray for them. Even those who are attending through Zoom. Oh, Lord, we pray that they may experience your grace and your power, your mercy in their lives because you are a gracious God. The king's heart is in your hands. You are able to change. And you are able, Lord. You are a living God, almighty God. So we commit each of them, Lord, who acknowledge you would undertake for them. Help them, Lord. They may keep trusting you because you are able. Worship you and praise you. Thank you. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.